0: SBS Radio.
1: SBS, a world of difference. You're with NITV Radio, on mobile, online, and on radio.
2: We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land NITV broadcasts from, Burundi people of the Kulin Nation and their elders, past and present. We also acknowledge all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander tribes and clans we broadcast to. From the mountains to the plains, from the desert to the sea, from freshwater to saltwater.
3: Yama, welcome to Night TV Radio. Bertrand Tungandami here. I'm Bertrand Tungandami and very happy to be with you this Monday, the 8th of August. Coming up in your program today, we have a conversation with uh, Grace, a 19-year-old woman, sharing her story about what what it is like being on country and not connected to social media like her peers. Grace also delves into the importance of culture. Also in the program, Auntie Margaret Beaven, a proud Warama elder from Karawa, who was separated from her siblings as part of the story Generations, shares the story of finding her brother and sisters. NITV Radio will also explore the major art and music awards ceremonies that took place over the weekend, the Nazi as well as the National Indigenous Music Awards. All this and many more coming to you on NITV Radio after the news. Australia Day 1972 saw the first Aboriginal Embassy erected outside Parliament. The
4: night title legislation must be amended.
0: And they've walked this land so many times before anybody came. I'm sorry.
3: In this bulletin, Red Fund leaders cautiously welcome National Center of Indigenous Excellence Announcement and Demand Accountability. Former New South Wales Deputy Premier John Barrilaro fronts a parliamentary inquiry into his controversial appointment to a U.S. trade job and Egypt brokered ceasefire comes into effect in Gaza. (music) The Indigenous Land and Sea Council Corporation, ILSC, has announced it will keep the fitness and aquatic services operating at Redfern's National Centre of Indigenous Excellence. It comes after the ILSC had made an announcement last Monday that it would close these operations, meaning around 50 staff would lose their jobs and community service providers unsure about the future of their programs at the site. The latest development comes after a week of massive community pressure that drew the attention of the Indigenous Australians' minister. A group of 10 Aboriginal control organisations says the community has been failed by the two bodies that have been negotiating the future of the centre and have provided 12 recommendations aimed at saving their programmes. Former New South Wales Deputy Premier John Barrilaro has denied knowing public servant Jenny West was the preferred candidate for a New York-based trade commissioner role before he eventually was offered the position. A briefing note from investment New South Wales for the Premier and senior ministers in August 2021 confirmed Ms West had been successful in her application but in evidence to a parliamentary inquiry this morning, Mr Baliraro says he did not remember signing the note and did not realise she had been offered the role. I've looked into this. That brief has a digital signature on it. I don't recall actually seeing that brief myself. It is possible that I gave instruction to my staff to sign
0: the brief on my behalf, but uh, that has a digital signature on it. It hasn't got my personal signature on it.
3: Mr Barilaro has also testified that his decision to resign as Deputy Premier just before winning the Trade Commissioner's job was coincidental. He has told the inquiry he had actually started to think about quitting politics in 2020 for mental health reasons. Meanwhile, the New South Wales Premier, Mr Dominic Perrottet, says allegations he promised Transport Minister David Elliot a high-paid service, a high-paid service role in London are completely false and offensive. It follows weekend reports from the Sun Herald that Mr. Perrottet canvassed two trade-related options for Mr. Elliott, including a parliamentary secretary role that didn't exist. The Premier says he did discuss post-politics jobs after the transport minister flagged his interest in running for a federal seat in the May election, but then changed his mind. He told 2GB Radio the conversations weren't outside the scope of his role as Premier.
1: The allegations in relation to the creation of a role that I would give to somebody outside politics is completely false um, and offensive. And uh, in... From time to time, uh, members of Parliament, when they're seeking to leave Parliament, will talk to colleagues in relation to what they might want to do next. Um, I'll have colleagues speak to me from time to time about what roles they could play in the New South Wales Parliament to continue to serve the people of New South Wales. They're natural conversations that a Premier or a Prime Minister has uh, with
3: their team. The Fair Work Commission is said to consider lifting wages for aged care workers. A proposal to increase pay rates for residential and home care workers will be revealed in a submission to the Fair Work umpire. Labor Minister Tanya Plibersek has told the Seven Network her government would fund a pay rise increase should the commission make that ruling.
1: We have uh, said as a government that we will um, fund that decision. So if it flows through as increased wages, uh, as the biggest contributor to uh, supporting aged care, the government will find the extra money we need. You've got to think about um, what aged care workers are earning at the moment. They're earning as little as $22 an hour. So you can literally earn more stacking shelves at a supermarket than Mm. caring for some of our most vulnerable Australians. We do need to see a wage increase.
3: Israel says an Egypt brokered ceasefire has come into effect, ending three days of conflict with the Islamic Jihad armed group in the Gaza Strip. At least 43 people have died, including 15 children, and hundreds have been left injured following days of violence. Islamic Jihad official Dawud Shehab says they will uphold the agreement on one condition.
5: After vigorous Egyptian and international efforts, and in light of the Egyptian announcement of the Egyptian commitment to work for the release of Sheikh Bassam al-Sadi and the prisoner Khalil Awadeh, we, in the Islamic Jihad movement in Palestine, announce the entry into the ceasefire agreement as of 11.30 in the evening of this Sunday, the 7th of August 2022, and we confirm that we will abide by the ceasefire
3: as long as the enemy adheres to it. Tasmanian Independent Senator Jackie Lambi says it's time to stop tiptoeing around China. It comes as China is wrapping up four days of military drills in the Taiwan Strait, which included the unprecedented launch of ballistic missiles over the capital Taipei. Officials in Taiwan say 66 planes and 14 warships were used in Sunday's drills. The drills began after U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi visited Taiwan. Ms Lambie has told the Nine Networks Today show Ms Pelosi can visit Taiwan if she wants to and says China's actions are akin to a couple of kids in a crate having a fit.
2: Every time that China does not like something that some country is doing, it wants to stick its chest out, quite frankly, I think it's starting to get quite wearing, to be honest. What I would like to do, and I say this to the majors again, and you're not getting away with it next time, in the next Senate sitting, I'm coming... With the motion that ritz Patrick and I have tried to put up six times to investigate what is going on with China right across the board. It is time to show some courage.
3: China's Foreign Minister Wang Yi has since defended the actions during a recent visit to Bangladesh. He's quoted by Reuters saying it's about safeguarding China's secret sovereignty and that Taiwan is China's territory and is not part of US territory. Crown Casino will open its doors in Sydney today, but only for VIP customers who have undergone background checks to get through the doors. The checks are part of the conditions of a license approval granted by the New South Wales Independent Liquor and Gaming Authority. An inquiry led by former Supreme Court Judge Patricia Bergin had found Crown was not fit to operate a casino. The inquiry had heard evidence of foreign junket operators with likely organised crime links being allowed to do business through the facility. This week, the new South Wales government will introduce legislation designed to improve transparency and accountability for casino operators and clamp down on organised crime and money laundering risks. Anti-money laundering expert Andrew Jackson has told SBS News he is concerned nothing will improve if oversight is lacking.
2: They've had a whole raft of new team members join because of the cleaning of house. So it's essential that the regulators work very closely with these new senior execs to understand the new processes they're putting in place, to make sure that they are adhering to all of the anti-money laundering regulations, that they have um, consistent and highly frequent communications with
3: them, And Queensland has announced plans to set up a task force to help protect the state's livestock industry from biosecurity risks, including foot and mouth disease. A national body is being set up with officials from the Australian Defence Force, Australian Border Force and Animal Health Australia to ensure Australia can respond to outbreaks. But Queensland says it is establishing its own unit to defend against animal disease risks. Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk is expected to brief Cabinet about the $22 million plan when it meets at the ACA the Royal Queensland show today. And in sport, Australia has won its 1,000th one one gold medal at the Commonwealth Games with a victory in the women's netball. The Diamonds won the final, their final match against Jamaica with a 55-51 victory. This win serves as a redemption after a devastating 51-52 loss to England four years ago. Coach Stacey Marinkovic told the 7 Network it's a proud moment.
1: And obviously, representing Australia is just um, just astronomical. But to be able to secure that thousandth goal um, and against Jamaica, who were playing well, and you know the crowd certainly wasn't with us. And I think to absorb that um, pressure moment, yeah. have the rotations that we did, it's just exciting.
3: And now having a look at the... Today's weather around the country Broome, a sunny day, 32 degrees. Perth, showers, 18 degrees. Adelaide, partly cloudy, 15. Melbourne, much the same, 14 degrees. Hobart, sunny, 13. Albury, Wodonga, cloudy, 13 degrees. Canberra, partly cloudy, 13. Wollongong, a shower of 216. Sydney, showers, 17 degrees. Is Newcastle similar conditions 18, Brisbane sunny 21, Townsville mostly sunny 24, Cairns partly cloudy 28, Alice Springs a sunny day 22 degrees, Darwin sunny 34 degrees and the Torres Strait Islands a mostly cloudy day, the top of 29 and that is NITV radio news.
1: On radio, online, and mobile. You're with NITV Radio.
3: Coming up next, conversation now with Grace Nanakala Barawanga telling her story about what it is like being on country and not being connected to social media like her peers. Grace also talks about the importance of culture. Also in the program, Auntie Margaret Beaven, a proud Waramai elder from Karawa, who was separated from her siblings as part of the story generations, shares the story of finding her brother and sisters. In the program also explore Natias as well, the Natya Awards, as well as the National Indigenous Music Awards ceremonies that wrapped up over the weekend.
1: Join the conversation on radio, online and mobile. You're with NITV Radio.
3: Now, before we delve into the next story, I just have to remind our listeners uh, that it's just one week since GAMA 2022 wrapped its activities, and uh, GAMA is also known as Australia's premier indigenous event, a celebration of the cultural, artistic, and ceremonial traditions of the Yolno people. For us at NITV and SBS, GAMA 2022 was a very special event as NITV and SBS provided comprehensive coverage of the event, connecting indigenous cultures with Australia's multicultural Cultural communities with unprecedented reporting in languages other than English, including Arabic, Mandarin, French, and Cantonese. Well, David Wa, SBS Director of Audio and Language Content, as well as our colleagues Lucy Chen from SBS Mandarin, Cantonese, and Sane Waib from SBS Arabic, spoke to community members and elders sharing their stories about country and culture. Well, NITV Radio will bring you these stories throughout this week and next week. Today, we start with a conversation between David Hua in conversation with Grace Grace Nanukala Bararanga in the sidelines of Gamma 2022.
2: NITV Radio, share our stories on Facebook.
6: Okay, my name's David Hua. Today is the 2nd of August and we are with Grace. Grace, can you tell me your full name to start off with?
4: (laughs) Hello, my name is Grace Nanukalabraronga, and I'm here in Bwaka.
6: Welcome to NITV Radio. Can you tell me about this place?
4: This place, we call it heaven. A lot of people call it heaven because every time they come here, they get healed. And um, I'm so happy to have you, NITV mob, here to explore my land, our land, and so grateful to have you here.
6: And who gave this place the name and um, and the meaning, uh, a heaven?
4: No one even named this land. It was here already, waiting for us to move. It looks heaven. That's why I call it heaven. I feel, say, peaceful and healed all the time.
6: May I ask how old you are, Grace?
4: I'm nineteen. And, yeah, I've just turned 19.
6: And are you looking forward to turning 20? And
4: Yeah, can't wait, but I'm not ready to turn 20. <laughs> but, yeah, life goes on.
6: Now, a lot of young people your age would be on their mobile phones and on social media and watching television all the time. Um, that's quite different for you. Tell me about that.
4: Because my life is more different. I don't, I'm not into social media. Cause I moved here when I was one years old, so I wasn't into social media, or YouTube, or Netflix. I heard like I hate these words, but I don't. I'm not really into it. And I love my life being like this. I'm not into phones, and like it's more better keeping in touch with the nature and being around. It's healthy because it feels. It makes you feel healthy. The way, like, if you don't... If you go on phone, it'll be more different. Your life will be, say, controlled by social media. But mine's all right. Mine's just free.
6: <laughs> and uh, can you tell us about the flag? And uh, do you know any much of the history of the flag of this place? And um, can you describe it for the listeners?
4: Yeah, um... For the flags, um, so there's an anchor and a two stingray. And the anchor represents this whole, the whole flag represents this boka. And the anchor represents how we live here. This is our our anchor, we are anchored to this land.
6: And how does it make you feel when you see it flying in the wind?
4: It makes us proud because it's just who we are. And
6: where are we from? Now, we just had the privilege of having a welcoming ceremony here, and you witnessed all of that. Can you tell us what it makes you feel like when you see people from the big cities, from overseas, from all around the country and around the world, come here and then tell their story and then feel sit under the knowledge tree and then... How does it make you feel when you see all of this?
4: It feels like really great because we have to like share, our, like our opportunity to them, and like we gotta show who we are and welcome them into like our land so they can feel how we stay here, and especially like for those people in cities, they'll they never hear quiet land before, you know there'll be a lot of trucks and a lot of noise and this is the best place for them to come. Especially it's quiet and so they can connect to the land and the nature because they don't especially see nature around cities. And uh, this is so good, having a lot of different people to come down and learn how we live here and how much knowledge we share.
6: And it feels like heaven.
4: Yeah, it feels like heaven.
6: And is there anything else that you'd like to share with the listeners?
4: Um, if you are listening right now, you're welcome to come meet Barkha and just come around, you know, we'll teach you everything if you want to come and learn from us.
6: And there's just been some more accommodation that I can see has yeah. just been built here as well. How does yeah. it make you feel to see these, these amazing huts overlooking the beach?
4: It makes me feel really good because like our business are growing. Because when I was here, this business was really small. Now it's growing big. And I can't wait for a lot of people to come down and teach them our knowledge and our experience to UMOP, so you more can experience
6: Now, there is one other presence here that might come and welcome guests. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about Nike?
4: Nike is our pet crocodile ever since. He's been in our family since he was really small, like one, I guess, because he's really nice around us. Nike got found in a ghost net, trapped in a ghost net, then... My dad, Timmy, started helping. He was really small. And now today he's so big, so really big. And he acts like a dog around us and, like, get feeded every time. And, yeah, we understand him and he understands us. And he's our totem, too, for the clan.
6: Which is very interesting because so many people, like myself, actually fear crocodiles.
4: Yeah. And, like, a lot of people fear crocodile. Every time they come here, they feel the crocodile, like they feel what really crocodiles is close up. But some people would be distant away. But our crocodile, he knows, like, he never bites no one. He knows everything. He's just like a human to us.
6: So moving from fearing crocodiles to feeling crocodiles.
4: They're just like humans. They're, their brain is different, like... They're more smart and like just like us mob. And they do listen, they he does understand well. Especially just Nike. Yeah, he understands us.
3: And that was uh, David Wa speaking to 19-year-old Grace Nanakala Bararanga in the sidelines of Gamma 2022.
1: Visit sbs.com.au slash NITV radio
3: Welcome back. That was uh, White Bourgeois Woman by uh, The Great Cave uh, Comedy. Coming up next, Auntie Margaret uh, Bevan is a proud Warama elder from Karua, who was separated from her, sli- her siblings as part of the Stolen Generations. In this episode of uh, Conversations on Country podcast series, Auntie Margaret Beven shares the story of finding her brothers and sisters.
0: Annie Margo. Um, I come from Krua. Krua is my hometown. I'm here to tell my story about finding my siblings, growing up in I Knew I had a family, other siblings. Mum and Dad never ever spoke of them, not to me anyway. Actually, I found my brother through a family friend who lived in Sydney and uh, he used to go to a hotel at um, Ranwick and he must have knew the family story. So he'd said to my older cousin, um, she told me that he'd seen this gentleman in the pub playing cards. So he said to me, write a letter, he said, and I'll take it back with me and I'll give it to him when I see him, if I see him again at the hotel. So, at first, I was a bit hesitant because I thought, no, what if it's not? And then I thought, well, what have I got to lose? And then I wrote that letter, and a couple of months went by, and we were going to Queensland on holidays, and the phone rang. And it was my brother, midnight it was, and after he'd gone home, I think after he received the letter, and he's said, oh, my God, he said, I thought you were all dead. That's all he kept on saying. So I went down to Sydney and he, we went to the stables and he came out and passed me his birth certificate and he said, this is me born on a cruel mission. And um, after that, I think I went to Sydney every weekend to, to, to spend time with him. And then I was told about the organisation called Link Up. So I got in touch with the Link Up and they found my sister, Bet. And um, I wanted to find two sisters, actually, but the laws weren't passed in New South Wales, only Victoria for adoptions. So we couldn't find me other sister, Jude. But... Link up found Bette and um they gave me two phone numbers to ring. One was the people that she had been living with and one was where she was staying at the time. And I thought um I'll give the first number the people that she was staying with to see if they can tell me anything about my sister. So they said, oh, there's nothing much we can tell you about her, but we can tell you she, she's she got a boyfriend who's a cripple. And I thought, oh, my God, you know, like, that that really... I thought, that's bad, you know, that's terrible, because what did it matter if he was a cripple or whichever? They just seemed really cold. So... I'd rang the other number and it was my sister who was staying with a Greek family in Annandale in Sydney. And we went straight down. We didn't arrive to Sydney until midnight. So we went there. They welcomed us in and my sister sat on the floor beside me, holding me leg. And she said, oh, my sister, she said, now I've found you, I'm never going to let you go. She said to me, my sister, they were cruel to me. They were very cruel to me. So that explained to me the way they spoke to me about a boyfriend and whatever. They seemed very cold. Well, it wasn't a couple of weeks later she wanted to come home with us, so... She came home and after a a while at home she'd she'd met a a gentleman who she spent 14 years with later on but they decided that she wanted to have kids, she loved kids but we found out that she couldn't have any kids because the other people had put her in hospital and had her tubes done so she couldn't have any children. She passed away in 2003, I think it was. But she got to spend, I think, 14 years with us before she passed. And then Up I had a call from Cindy from LinkUp, and my files had been sitting for, for a while. Anyway, Cindy from Linkup gave me a call and she said, um, I noticed your file's been sitting here a while. She said, um, do you want me to still carry on and find your other sister? So I said, yes, please. So it wasn't long later. It didn't take long, it a couple of weeks, and uh, they went to the register and put me name on the register looking for family, and here was my sister's name already on the register looking for family so it was and she only lived at Curry, not far from where I lived all her life and um, I got all nervous I thought oh my god the founder you know I got all nervous and I thought um, what am I gonna say you know and Whatever they said, oh, don't worry. She's, she's a good speaker. She likes to talk. So you'll be fine. So that day we went, I rang her and uh, we'd gone up to her and her husband had the Cessnock hospital shop at the time. So we met at the shop and uh, had lunch and that weather. Yes. So she said to me, she said, who do I look like? You know I said, Well you look a bit like everybody though <laughs> you know, I can see everyone in you, you know. So that was it. One sister passed away, Bed had passed away in two thousand and three, my elder sister passed away two thousand and six and my brother passed away twenty thirteen so after finding my last sister she she didn't get to meet him. So he'd passed away and I had his ashes put with mum's grave on on the sixtieth anniversary. I wanted to tell me story because my mother didn't have a voice. She, she she was very quiet, never spoke much at all. So I felt I I needed to come out of that and and speak up and I was always a terrified person going to school wouldn't speak, you know, and here I was standing in an assembly speaking and I thought, I've got to do this. I've got to do this for mum and dad and tell their story. It's, it's helped me a lot since I've been telling my story. But, um, yes, I look back and... I'm glad I did to give my mother a voice. My journey. Your hearts were broken the day the welfare came. Things would never be the same. You suffered in silence, never speaking a word. Hearing you cry, that's what I heard. Never thought This day would come when I'd find my family one by one. Jenny was the first to come home. The big car pulled up. Jenny stepped out. What are they looking at? She started to cry with tears in her eyes. The last time she was home, she was only five. Jenny had a daughter later in life. Tammy is her name, the love of her life. My journey started in 85 when my brother didn't know if we were dead or alive. How excited we were the first time we met as he passed me his birth certificate. I remember seeing Sister Jen at a picnic day, standing behind a pylon, looking my way. We would look at each other and would smile because we hadn't seen each other in a while. Sister Bet, she came next. What a cruel family they were to her. They would lock her out the door in the and rain. Thank God Chrissy came. Come with me, we'll take care of you, because we know what you're going through. It wasn't until Linkup gave her a call, she knew she had a family after all. We met for the first time at midnight when she sat on the floor and held my leg tight. I'll never let you go, she said to me. They should have been charged with cruelty. Aim, she came to stay until the day she sadly passed away. Cindy from Linkup rang. I've come across your file and I noticed it's been sitting here a while. This is your only sister left. Leave it with me and I'll do my best. I wish my sisters were here that day when Linkup rang to say, They found our sister not living far away. My heart started beating fast, I didn't know what to say. Is this really true? Is this really you? Well the rest is history and here we are today, Telling our story of being taken away.
3: And that was Auntie Margaret Bevan, who was separated from her siblings as part of the Stolen Generations, sharing her story of finding her brother and her sister. This story is episode six of Conversations on Country podcast series produced by Lee Skin and Simon Potters, Headline Productions and Saltwater Freshwater Arts Alliance. <laughs> Conversations on Country is a series of diverse stories of place and being of the Goombangia, Dhyangati, Birupai and Waramai Nations.
2: NITV Radio, share our stories on Facebook.
3: Top end artists have dominated this year's National Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Art Awards, making up more than half of the 63 finalists. The Natsia Awards are Australia's richest and most prestigious indigenous art prize. This year's overall winner is a master weaver from a small island community whose work celebrates the relationship between her people and the Makassan sailors of uh, Indonesia. NITV's Natalie Amat reports.
5: A large sail woven out of Pandanus has been named this year's winner of the National Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Art Awards. The winning work, Domala, celebrates the relationship between the Yolnu clans of North East Arnhem Land and the Macassan people of South Sulawesi, who have been sailing, fishing and trading along Australia's northern coast for hundreds of years. Its creator is a master weaver and fibre artist from a small island community off the Northern Territory coast. Speaking through a translator, Margaret Raru Garawara explains her practice. But she had
0: been working hard for this. Yeah, It's just a uh, memory from the father that he has been
6: teaching. Yeah. Memory yeah.
0: Memory. yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. 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 And, for that, and for that long time that Mangustan people has been coming, and they show what was that name and what was that boat.
5: The work, inspired by stories passed down through the generations, is the largest Margaret Raru Garawara has ever created and the most successful, winning her $100,000 as the overall winner at this year's awards. Dr Joanna Barkman was one of three Natsia judges. It's technically highly sophisticated. Uh, It
1: reminds us of an incredible uh, history Uh, between uh, North Australia and Southeast Asia. I think it's really just such an ambitious and outstanding work.
5: NATSIA is now in its 38th year and is Australia's Equal Richest Art Award along with the Archibald Portrait Prize. It takes entries from all over Australia in any medium, from traditional bark paintings to digital works. An emotive short film about the impacts of climate change in the Torres Strait won this year's Multimedia Award. Combining powerful images and a rich soundtrack, artist Jimmy John Tyday wants to show the world how global warming is affecting his island home.
3: Hopefully it inspires people and telling people that we do do have climate change up the trend and also for animals. A
5: this year's awards received more than 200 entries and were narrowed down to 63 finalists. As in past years, top-end artists have dominated, with 33 of the finalists coming from Northern Territory communities. The late Yolnu artist Musdi Yunipingu was posthumously awarded the Bark Painting Award. Bonnie Barangara and Frida Ali Wayarcha won the 3D Art Prize for a sculpture crafted from natural bush fibres which were collected in their small homelands community in West Arnhem Land. And Larakea artist Gary Lee won the Works on Paper Award for a deeply personal portrait.
3: The work that
6: won the award is about a special man, my grandfather who was killed in the bombing of Darwin. So this year is the 80th anniversary of the year of the Tower.
3: That's when he died on the wall. So, yes, it's special that he's getting recognition.
5: Just five years after winning the Emerging Artist Award, South Australia's Betty Muffler won the General Painting Prize, while this year's Emerging Artist is Louise Malavi from Kununurra in Western Australia. Judges praised her depiction of the Great Sandy Desert, as Dr Joanna Barkman explains.
1: I just think it's a very delicate but very vast painting all at once. And I, I really think it is... Um, and exceptional work and I really look forward to seeing what Louise goes on to,
5: to create in the future. The winners were announced at a gala event in Darwin to open the two-week Darwin Festival. All of the finalists will be on display at the Northern Territory Art Gallery and Museum until January next year.
3: And this story was produced by Natalie Martin in Darwin for SBS News.
1: Join the conversation on radio, online and mobile. You're with NITV Radio.
3: Now, the Star-Started National Indigenous Music Awards has been staged over the weekend on Larakia country to honour First Nations performers. The event included a tribute to Gunditjmara and Banjalung artist Achiroch just a week after his death at the age of 66 in Victoria. Stephanie Cossetti reports...
1: The National Indigenous Music Awards have finally gone ahead as a live show for the first time since 2019. The red flag dancers set the stage alight with their powerful moves. Held in Garamilla, the awards included tributes for Uncle Archie Roach, who died aged 66 after a long battle with illness. And music legend Dr G Unipingu, who died in 2017, was inducted into the Hall of Fame at the awards event, with winning acceptance speeches delivered in native languages.
6: Hello, Namere. All right, uh... First of all, I would like to say through my first language.
1: Two community messages shared through song. The event was a celebration of First Nations culture. Rock band King Stingray scored Song of the Year for Milkumana. And popular rapper Baker Boy won both Artist and Album of the Year at the awards.
0: Yeah, wow. I'm just really super honoured and privileged to be the Artist of the Year uh, uh, to receive this award. It's just amazing.
1: A new generation of talent in the spotlight as the community remembers past performers and their legacies. Stephanie Corsetti, SBS News.
3: And uh, that was Dream On by uh, Ngalama, jazz and blues singer Lois uh, Olney. And that's all for today's program. I am Bertrand Tungendami, thanking you for your company this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed the show. Till next time, bye for now.
2: Want to hear more stories like this? Listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from.